You know, we often think of trials as the enemy of our lives, don't we? Is that because our human nature is fixed on comfort and ease? You know, we like things to go steady as she goes. We like that. In our human thinking, we let trials threaten us, don't we? Do they send off an alarm like, you know, something is wrong? Does a trial to you mean something is wrong? I wonder if trials could be the reward of faith. Ever think of that? We see that many times in the scriptures, don't we? People have great faith, and then they're put into the trial. Why does that happen? Well, because it could be the reward of faith, or what we're going to see today, how trials can bring glory to God. See, that's why the series that we're in is so important. I call it for adults only. Those that want the growing maturing Christian life, and it comes with trials and all. Yes, you cannot have the growing Christian life without trials. Just not going to happen. Let's commit our souls to the words of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Here's what the writer said. Through him, to reference to Jesus, let us continually offer up a Sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. See, through him, that means it takes a believer in Christ to do this. Not anybody can do this. Only a believer in Christ can offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. Because the praise does come from a sacrifice. In this letter to the Hebrews, who were Israelites, it's being stated that the sacrificial system of animals and offerings for sin has been abolished by the once and for all sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So it's a new thing that God has done. He's brought something new. Okay? The sacrifice that remains now is a sacrifice of praise. I like that. It's not a sacrifice of blood. It's a sacrifice of praise, which comes from our lips. That's the sacrifice of praise, especially the extra value that it takes on is when it comes from a time of trial and tribulation. It's through the trial and the tribulations of our lives, when we offer up a sacrifice of praise, that we actually give glory to God. Think about that. Think about giving glory to God in a very special kind of a way. Oh, it's a costly sacrifice because it can hurt when we do it. This is a painful sacrifice. So let's enter for a moment, though, into the apostles' world. Here is a man in the service of the kingdom of God, saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. His name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, what Paul wrote, I'm sure you'll say, hey, 
I've shared these emotions. I've felt like this at times too. So let's notice what he said in verse 8 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despaired. We are persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. And then he said, man, this is my life, always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus. And why is that? So that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death. Oh, why is that? For Jesus' sake. So that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death works in us, but life works in you. Paul sees his life as a sacrifice for other people. Now, I don't know that the Apostle Paul was a songwriter, but he certainly could have written this song. And this is a song you might be familiar with. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. That kind of says it all. And I want to share that with you today by the famed Louis Armstrong. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. And you can sing along with him if you want. Nobody knows but Jesus. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Glory, hallelujah. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Although you see me going long so, oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yeah. I have my trials yep. here below. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's right. Oh, nobody knows. Is this your song? The trouble I've seen. Nobody knows but Jesus. Thank the Lord he knows. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Here we go. Can you do this? Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. That's the adult life. That's the mature Christian life right there. That's the place we want to get to. Oh, yeah. We want to get to that place where the trials, the tribulations that we experience, the end result is a sacrifice of praise. That's what we're growing into. So perhaps your most difficult trials, see them as an opportunity to sing glory, hallelujah. Oh, they're trials. Oh, yes, they are. They're painful. They're sorrowful. 
They hurt. But we never lose sight of God. That's why it's a sacrifice of praise. So let's read read Paul's autobiography again. And this time, each one of these instances that he describes, we can add a glory hallelujah. Here's what he said. We are afflicted in every way, but we're not crushed. Glory hallelujah. We're perplexed, but we're not despairing. (laughs) Glory hallelujah. We're persecuted, but we are not forsaken. That's a glory hallelujah. Struck down, but not destroyed. Glory hallelujah. Always carrying about in the body of the dying of Jesus. In other words, I die daily. Glory hallelujah to that. So that the life of Jesus also may be manifested or revealed in our body. Glory hallelujah. For we who live, get this now, are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake. Glory, hallelujah. So that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Glory, hallelujah. So that death works in us, but that's okay, because life works in you. Oh God, glory, hallelujah. What a way to look at trials and tribulations. What a way. Maybe sometimes you feel like "Mm, Mother Teresa, You know what she said? I know God will not give me anything I can't handle. I just wish he didn't trust me so much. (laughs) Right? God gives us what he trusts us with. He's like, man, I wish he didn't trust me. Let me give you an illustration. In 1876, the British government passed the Merchant Shipping Act. And do you ever see ships or boats with that line going across the side of the boat. It's like a painted stripe. You know why that's there? The law required each ship to bear a mark on its bow to indicate when a vessel had received the maximum amount of cargo permitted for a safe sail. See, you always want to keep that mark above the water. If the mark was below the water, below the waterline, the ship was required to unload enough cargo to bring that indicating mark up to water level. The mark was called the Plimsoll Mark, named after the British reformer who was instrumental in the passage of the law. Right? So now every time you see any kind of a boat, usually fishing boat, sailboat, powerboat, It's got that painted stripe along the waterline. And you never want the stripe to go below the water. That's a dangerous sign. It's overloaded. So God placed a plinsoil mark on each of us. And it signals the limit beyond which which we cannot receive an additional load. In other words, God knows our limits. And he will not allow us to carry more than we can bear. Now, you might say sometimes, yeah, but he's given me more than I can bear. Here's what we have to remember. God is there bearing the load 
with us, but he will not let you sink. Do you believe that? Do you have that kind of faith in the Lord that he will not let you sink? See, we're sometimes questioned, or we sometimes question God's ability to read our plimsoll mark. God, can't you see? God, I'm going down. Can't you see what's happening? I can't deal with this. Remember, God is faithful. He's faithful to keep us floating, even when we feel like our ship is going down. In spite of how we feel, it never changes God with us. Isn't that Emmanuel? God with us. When Christmas comes, we're reminded, Emmanuel, God with us. Last time we were together in our message, we talked about what do we do when God is silent? Remember that? And we mentioned two levels of faith. Seeing, then believing, like Thomas. But then Jesus said, this is better. Believing, and then seeing. That's even better. And then I kind of touched on one last level of faith. And this one is certainly for adults only. And it's backed up in Hebrews 11.13, speaking of the great heroes of the faith. And here's what it says. All these died in faith, oh, without receiving the promises. But having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance, and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth, as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. So now we're talking about people that really didn't receive all the promises on the earth, but they had their eyes on heaven. Oh yeah, they knew something better was coming. Therefore, God is not ashamed to call them, or to be called their God, for he has prepared a better city for them. Sometimes we have to look beyond. You know what helps us give a sacrifice of praise and bring glory to God in our trials? Looking beyond. We have to look beyond this life. Because there is a life beyond this life. Oh, yes. That's, that's what makes the Christian life so beautiful. There is a life beyond this life. And when you know that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, there's something waiting for you that far outweighs this life. It's incomparable. So let's look at level three faith, believing, but not receiving the promises, but living as if you did, and then desiring that which is to come, because you know that it's even better. Wow, can you do that? Live, not receiving the promises, but live as though you did. I would call that contentment in Christ. See, when you're content in Christ, you don't have to keep buying new cars, new houses. You don't have to keep doing things and spending money and investing to be happy because you're content. Being content in Christ can save you a lot of time and a lot of money. Oh, yeah. 
But you see, you've got to get to this adulthood of Christianity, that growing, maturing follower of Christ. So you may begin, that's okay, seeing, then believing, nothing wrong with that. Then it becomes believing, turns into seeing, but then we want to get to believing, even though we're not receiving. And in those times of trials and tribulations, we offer to God a sacrifice of praise. It's not just praise. It's a sacrifice of praise. See, the word sacrifice connotes it cost me something, right? When they sacrificed their animals, it cost them their animals. When they sacrificed their crops, it cost them their crops. When we give God a sacrifice of praise, it costs us maybe our desires, what we want. I didn't get what I wanted, but I'm going to praise God anyway. I didn't get the healing, but I'm going to praise God. I didn't get the job, but I'm going to praise God. I didn't get my answered prayer, but I'm going to praise God. That's adulthood. That's Christian adulthood. And when you get to that place, you know what? And you don't get what you want? You don't have to curse. You don't have to withdraw. You don't have to point the finger and blame. You don't have to light a cigarette. You don't have to pour a drink. You only need two words. Glory, hallelujah. We get to that place. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? I didn't get what I want. But glory, hallelujah. Because now we've made it more about God than about ourselves. See, I think the problem with modern Christianity today, we've made it about us. We really have. We're being led down the wrong path by many of God's spokesmen. In leading people down the path of prosperity and joy and blessing. And hey, if those things come, beautiful. But what when they don't come? When the joy comes, glory, hallelujah. When the prosperity comes, glory, hallelujah. When you get your answered prayer, glory, hallelujah. But when troubles come, glory, hallelujah. When prayer is not answered, glory, hallelujah. See, God's the same. God hasn't changed. So I go from giving God a a praise of joy to a praise of sacrifice. But he's still worthy. God has not changed, and God has not moved. Hasn't gone anywhere. He's still the same God, and he's still there. So even if our circumstances change, our attitude toward God should never change. It shouldn't change. And it doesn't change when you are when you are in Christian adulthood. Now, it does change for those that are either baby-growing Christians or non-Christians at all. Many times, non-Christians use for an excuse. They didn't get what they want, so they hate God. 
Well, God is love and He never changes. And we never want to look at our circumstances to evaluate the love of God. You know what you look at? You look at the cross. Oh, the cross. What's on the cross? God's testimony of His love for you. Because He loved you so much, He sent His only begotten Son to die for you. That if you believe in Him, you'll never perish and have everlasting life. That's what God did for you. He hasn't moved, and He hasn't changed. We move and we change. But our praise to God, oh, should be steady as she goes. Imagine getting to a place in life where your praise never changes. It's always there. That's giving glory to God. So yeah, you say, you don't know the troubles I've seen. That's true. A lot of folks can't feel what you feel. They don't know what you know. Except Jesus. Oh yeah, Jesus knows. So what do we do? We praise Him in it. We praise Him in the storm. Isn't there a song on the radio now? Praise Him in the storm? I think there is. Getting to that point where, hey, it's not because things are always good and they're going the way we want them to go. That's not why we praise God. We praise God because He's worthy. That's why. He's the deliverer. He's the Messiah. He's the one that provides eternal life. He's the one that goes to prepare a place for you so you may be where He is. So you can dwell in one of the many mansions that Jesus has provided in the heavenly city, the new Jerusalem. Wait. Wait till you get there. That's why sometimes we really do. We need to look beyond this life. Look beyond the window that leads out into your yard and look through the window that leads into eternity. Leads into heaven. And you'll see it. You'll say, oh, here's my home. Here's what God has done for me. And he promises he will get me there. Do you know that your soul is secure? Oh, yes. Your soul is secure in Christ. Jesus said, no one can snap, snatch you out of my hand. Oh, and by the way, no one can snatch you out of the Father's hand. He said that. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. That means that we belong to God. We're mocked out as belonging to God our whole time on the earth. So, we have divine protection. Our soul will get to heaven. No doubt about it. And at the resurrection, your body will join your soul. So praise Him. We praise Him not because of who we are or what life is dishing out to us. We praise Him for who He is and what He's done for us. But God has done so much. So isn't it nice to know that we have a God that will never leave us or forsake us, We have a God that carries us when we're tired. We have a God that fights our battles. We have a God in Jesus that said, you tired? Are you weary? Are you worn down? Come to me. Come. 
Come, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And you know what I'm going to give you? I'm going to give you rest for your soul. Oh, I'm going to give you rest for your weary soul. You think Jesus doesn't know you have a weary soul? He knows. You think he doesn't know you struggle as a single parent? He knows. You think he doesn't know that your job is on the line? He knows. We're living in a time when unemployment is rampant? He knows. Go to him. Keep your eyes on him. Keep praising him. Believing is better than seeing. Because if you believe, then you will see. Don't wait to see and then believe. Don't do that. No. Jesus said it's better if you believe now. And then you'll see. So never let faith, never relax your faith. Okay? Faith is a muscle. And don't relax it. You know what happens if you don't work your muscles? They disappear. They turn into nothing. So you work the muscles regularly and they stay strong. Faith is like that. We work our faith. And it stays strong. And especially we work our faith when? In the trials and the tribulations. When we're walking on the water. We especially use our faith when we can't see the next step. And what's the next thing that's happening? So we use our faith. And the more you utilize your faith, the stronger your faith will get. And the more you're going to see the Lord. And the Lord will lead you and guide you in the way that you should go. I was just going on and on there for a while. It made sense to me. Hope it made sense to you. That's how I live. I try to live by that the best I can. Not easy. Hard. But like anything else, the more you practice something, the better you get at it. Stay with it. Build that faith. Don't give up. Don't quit. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Listen, more messages on our website. The Hope Club Podcast. Type it in anywhere. You'll get all of our messages there. Great drive time activity. Driving to work, driving home. Listen to the Word of God and build your faith. Thanks for coming along today. I will see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.